2: Welcome to the RotoGrinders grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Wednesday, it's December 9th, it's 2020, and it's time to talk Week 14. Yes, that is not a mess up. It is Week 14. I'm joined by my good buddy, Fro 7 Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
3: Good. And yeah, Just now hitting me how, how quickly this season has just flown by. But it's been a good season. It's been a fun season. My team's as I have a possibility of of the Super Bowl go, go Seahawks, it's 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 going to be interesting into the season and it's a fun little week in fantasy this week.
2: Hey, I'm a Dolphins fan, so we might actually make the playoffs this year. So
3: yeah, if you start Fitz Magic,
2: I know, but I doubt that's going to happen. So um, yeah, I can't believe it's Week 14 already. already been a fun year and um this slate is super interesting you know we have what is it four five games six games um over 49 totals so like there's going to be some high scoring games on this slate and um pricing is interesting on both sides as well so a lot to do here a lot to go over and um let's get started man we start with the texans and the bears 45 total houston's favored by one in this game um what if anything do you like here for houston
3: i mean for houston it's still out coutier had a good week last week his price tag at 5k is not great i think it's a time to go to cooks um cooks has been great pretty much all, all season long he kind of faltered last week in that matchup Bears <laughs> is not an easy matchup but it's not terrible they're just a little bit better than league average in terms of past dvoa But he he could end up getting a decent amount of volume. We've seen him multiple times this season, and all he really needs is a touchdown last week to hit value there. But I I think you can look at Cooks. Aikens is still super cheap. Yes, he really disappointed last weekend, but he's still a threat at a touchdown any given week. He's still a threat for five, six receptions with all these Mm -hmm. injuries. They have an extra week of practice to, I think they were talking about getting him into the slot a little bit more and bring him outside because they're a little bit um, thin at wide receiver. And then Hanson had seven targets last week. He's three point nine k. He's in this offense. He's been in this offense. They're probably gonna run out of slot a decent amount here. Hanson is a potential good value saver. I don't know how Chucky's gonna end up being after that hundred uh, receiving yard outing last week, but he's definitely a guy you can look at. So I, th- I think Houston has some spots. I don't think it's a real viable stack spot. I don't know if I'm using. Watson at all. I probably won't be using any David Johnson because he's dead to me. Um, but the wide receiving core, I think it's a decent spot to take a little one offs.
2: Yeah, so Hanson um mostly ran the outside stuff and uh QT ran um most of the stuff in the slot. So um Hanson played like 98% of the snaps, and I think only 25% um, of those like routes that he ran were in the slot. So uh very interesting. You know, as far as like who was going to pick up the like Will Fuller stuff, um, you know, I-, I think it. we have to definitely, you know, pay attention to a one week sample size. But I also feel like it's a one week sample size, like it- it's a catch 22. Um, so I don't want to like be overweight on Kuti this week because of his price. Um, but Chad Hansen, I think, is an excellent tournament play. I think Brandon Cooks is an excellent tournament play. I don't love Watson this week. I could definitely see playing Watson, but at his price, um, there's just some guys that I like that are cheaper this week and better games. Um, Chicago Bears side of things, Grant. Um, I'm going right back to the well on David Montgomery. This is an excellent spot to go right back to the well. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Bears?
3: I mean, Montgomery's still probably a little bit too cheap considering his workload and the matchup here. Houston, one of the worst run defenses in the league. That's how they're going to end up keeping it close is by running the ball. In all likelihood, he's getting receiving game work. He has big touchdown equity recently. Montgomery, yeah, right there with him. Like, to start most running backs versus the uh, Texans, and especially one that's getting as much of a workload here. I know he's killed me multiple times before, but last two weeks just been on a tear, getting over 20 points in each of them. I think 6.5K is still a little bit too cheap. As for the receiving game, I mean, Allen Robinson is always in play. It's a solid matchup. Trubitsky can give him 13-plus targets. There's a decent chance they're going to be trailing in this game here. So I think it's going to be one of those spots where I can play Robinson mostly as a one-off. But if I'm playing Montgomery, I'm generally bringing it back with a a Houston pass catcher. I think it's a nice little way to secondary correlate. And so – Robinson will play as a one-off, but Montgomery I'm going to play a lot of, and I'm going to be bringing it back with those pieces that I talked about earlier with the Texans.
2: Yeah, outside of, like, Montgomery and Robinson, I just Cole Komet maybe, but overall I think it, it's really like Montgomery and Robinson for me. I don't want to go too crazy in a game with a 45 total that is not going to have the best pace in the world. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, New York Giants, 45 and a half total here. Arizona favored by two and a half in this one. Um, Listen, Kyler Murray looked a little bit better last week. DeAndre Hopkins, 13 targets in a tough matchup. Christian Kirk still just not doing anything. Running back situation is just like a full split at this point. You don't know if it's going to be Drake or Edmonds. Um, Game script, who knows? Um, Is there anything here for the Cardinals?
3: I honestly don't think so. Yes, they're still in the playoff mix, so they're obviously going to try and win. But Kyler really just hasn't been running too much recently. Like that that's that's where he was getting there earlier on in the season. That's where he most of his value was. I mean, Hopkins was getting just absolutely peppered with targets pretty much in time. But three straight weeks with Murray only getting five rushing attempts. That's clearly there's something wrong with here with him here. This Giants defense has been pretty darn good. For the last four weeks, I think they're giving up some of the least amount of points to opposing QBs. We saw what they did to Russell Wilson. We've seen them do well a lot recently. I'm I'm probably just off Arizona entirely. I, I you can make the. The argument for murray you can make the argument for hopkins if they're going to come in an extremely low ownership then yeah, take it hope that murray's actually healthy hopkins can have a big game but for the most part you know this giants defense is a bit underrated and this cardinals offense just isn't what it was earlier on this season i think it's a stay away spot for the cardinals here and if you want to take a shot at them go ahead but i'm not
2: yeah i like running backs more against arizona or against uh, the giants and i just don't trust either one of these running backs um i don't I don't never going to be the person that talks you out of playing Deandre Hopkins. Um, it fits Gerald's back. That really takes away from Isabella. So like really for me, as far as Arizona goes, it's Hopkins. I might pair him with Murray on a team or two, but more than likely not going to happen um, on the Giants side. I don't hate Wayne Gallman here. Like I am a little worried last week that like they got Dion Lewis and Alfred Morris in, in, in the mix, but how much of that was Colt McCoy? How much of that was game script? Um, I expect Daniel Jones to be back in this one. I think the main pieces for the Giants are the same guys. It's it's Gallman, and it's probably Shepard, maybe even Ingram.
3: Yeah, you no. Know, so the big thing with Gallman is he had that five straight weeks of getting a rushing touchdown every single time. was obviously broken last week because he broke off a big run, and then they gave it to Morris on the goal line, um, if I remember correctly, just because Gallman – was probably tired after the big run but he still ended up with 135 rushing yards 16 rushing attempts he's getting a significant usage his price tag is only at 5.7k arizona's defense is middle of the pack in terms of rushing defense and with a base up spot i expect more rushes out of gallman this week closer to the 20 22 point uh or rush range where he was at a f- two weeks ago versus cincinnati like game script could obviously change things so i don't mind going with the Passing game. Again, big pace up matchup. Looks like Daniel Jones is gonna be back in there. We can go with Shepherd, who's six, eight, six targets in the last three weeks. You can go with Ingram. Slayton really hasn't done much, but he always has a big game in him every once in a while. He's sitting there. 4.2 K I know he hasn't gotten a big workload in recent weeks, but he's still one of those guys that can absolutely get a big workload in any given spot here. So I don't mind targeting the giants rush or pass game in case this does turn into a spot where they're trailing later on the game. But overall it's mostly Goldman for me. I just like that price tag. I like his usage. And I like his ability.
2: Uh, moving on. We got the Vikings in the bucks uh, 51 and a half total here at Tampa favored by six and a half in this one. Uh, Minnesota, like this, is one of the most condensed offenses in football. It's always an offense that we like to talk about. It's always a, like offense that we like to target. Tampa run defense is legit, but Dalvin Cook is a dude that plays ninety percent of the snaps in close games. And you, I don't care what the defense is, Grant. Like I, I think Dalvin Cook is in play. His price is expensive. He might be a little under own because of the price, but you know, Cook, Thielen, Jefferson. These are the three guys that you're looking at on a weekly basis when it comes to play in Minnesota.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been the same every single week. I always is a spot where one of them seems to go off without fail every single week. It's predominantly Cook, but yeah, this is a tough spot going up against Tampa Bay rush defense. They're by far the best in the league. I don't I just generally stay away from running backs going up against Tampa Bay, but if it looks like a week where Derrick Henry is going to be heavily owned in a spot going up against Jacksonville and Cook's going to come in at low single digit ownership, he can still get there against this Tampa Bay defense. He can still get 30 rushes. This game could still be close. Tampa Bay's a six and a half point favorite, but every single week it seems like Minnesota stays in a game that's within one possession here. So I'm not going to be surprised at all if Dalvin Cook ends up getting a massive workload and in any given matchup yes they have a fantastic rush d but it's still dalvin cook and it's still enough carries where he could end up getting there i mean we've had multiple spots in the last four weeks where he's still only averaged less than four yards per carry he can do that versus tampa bay and even if he gets less than four yards per carry 32 rushing attempts plus some work in the uh passing game and a touchdown or two, he can end up with 35 points in a spot versus the best rush de- defense in the league. So, Dalvin Cook is definitely a guy that will be looking at ownership later on the week to see where he's at. And if he's in low ownership, you absolutely take him in tournaments. If he's going to come in at decent ownership because people play him every single week, then I'm absolutely just looking at Thielen and Jefferson. It's a spot going up against a slightly better than average pass defense, but these guys are going to get a big workload if Dalvin Cook's not doing something. It's not a bad spot to just pick 50% Thielen, 50% Jefferson because I think one of them ends up going off here. I don't think Tampa Bay blows out Minnesota. I think Minnesota stays in it. So Ownership for Cook is an entire variable for me playing him or not, but Thielen and Jefferson, I will be using quite a bit of.
2: Yeah, like Henry's going to be chalk. That's the next game we're going to talk about. We'll talk about it in a minute, but um, Henry's going to be chalk. But overall, like this is a spot that if, if he's chalk, I think Cook's a, a good pivot. I think Aaron Jones is a great leverage play as well. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but Dalvin Cook is going to do everything. He's going to be involved in the passing game. He's going to be involved in the running game. He's going to get goal line carries. Um, I do like Thielen and Jefferson. You know, I, I like this game. I think this game has a lot of shootout potential. Um, let's go to the Tampa side. When it comes to the targets on Tampa, good luck figuring out where they're going to go. Um, one consistent this season, it, it seems anyway, has been Mike Evans. Um, what are you looking at here on the Tampa side of things?
3: I mean, you can go pretty much anywhere in their pass game and just hope for the best. It looks like Godwin didn't practice today, but it's Wednesday. I'm not really looking into that too much. But, like, this Minnesota pass defense is just probably right around average. Um They seem to give up a lot of points every single week, seem to be staying in consistent games or close games every single week. I'm fine with Brown. I'm fine with Evans. Evans has a lot more touchdown equity, but Brown, like we're still waiting for that big week. It still looks good. It's just been this offense and what's happened in recent weeks. I'm going up against Kansas City, going up against a tough Rams defense. Carolina was kind of a bit of a weird game because of the blowout, but like, any one of these guys can end going off, and Mike Evans is just a touchdown monster. Like, he can end up with two touchdowns and 100 yards passing. I'd say my Evans is my preferred target here, but I'm not going to argue with Brown at the cheaper price tag. And if Godwin ends up missing, it, it gives a bigger bump to Brown than it does to Evan, in my opinion. So, those are the guys I'm looking at. I'm always fine with Gronk. I'm never going out of my way with Gronk but Gronk is in there, 4,800, and tight ends always trash every single week. But Evans is definitely my favorite guy, and I think I'm staying away from the running game here as I stay away from the running game for Tampa Bay pretty much every single week.
2: Yeah, I completely understand that. I think, like, if you're playing, like, a Millie Maker or something, you want to throw a Ronald Jones team or two out there to just to get some leverage off the passing game, I wouldn't talk you off of it. Um, but overall, I think you're looking at Evans and Godwin as run back options with the Minnesota players. And, um, I I don't even think I'd call playing like Brady crazy, but I do think there's better options this week. So these are more like secondary stacks for me. Um, Tennessee and Jacksonville 53 total Tennessee favored by seven in this game, Tennessee, one of the better implied team totals on the week. And we've already kind of started talking about it, but Derrick Henry, massive chalk this week right like he is going to be your spend up at running back you know for the most part in cash games and everything else
3: well it's dehember i know it didn't work out great last week and i know this because it destroyed me um but He's Derrick Henry. He's going up against Jacksonville. Jacksonville last year was one of the worst run defenses in the year in the league. This year they've gotten slightly better, but still not good at all. It's a big spread. He's likely to get work. We had that Cleveland game where they just got out to a massive, massive uh deficit early on in the game. And I think he got snaked for a one-yard touchdown later on in the game. So he could have still almost got there, but he's been outside of last week, which was mostly game script. He's been crushing. Prior to last week, three straight games with over 100 yards, averaging over a touchdown game per game that span, over 20 points per game during that span. He's just, for some reason, fantastic later on this season, and this is just the perfect matchup for him. I know that he's going to be chalk. I don't care. I'm still using him. He's absolutely a guy I want to go with. If you want to get some leverage, then target the passing game. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis have massive upside every given week. Davis just got just riddled with targets last week. I think that was mostly game script, but if you're kind of playing a game script where Jacksonville gets up to an earlier lead here, it's not a horrible idea to target the passing game, but it's mostly Derrick Henry and he's just going to crush because he does this every December.
2: Yeah. Like he, he, he should have no problem crushing here. Like, so, um, if you want some leverage, it's Brown Davis. Um, Johnu Smith should be back here as well. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways you could approach Tennessee, but I think in your main builds, you're probably looking at Derrick Henry. Um, but again, like if you want some leverage, just Titans, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Um, it's crazy. Uh, let's go to the Jacksonville side of things. Um, listen, James Robinson is a staple every single week for me. I don't even hate going Henry and Robinson on the same teams this week.
3: Yep. Yep. No, we're out right there with you. He's got, gets a massive workload every single week. He's had what six out of his last seven games. He's had over 20 touches. He's involved in the receiving game. He's always like the last time he had less than 17 rushing attempts was like week seven versus Detroit. The guy is a workhorse in this offense. He gets pass game work. They're going to rush him whether they're up or down. It really doesn't matter. They're going to do it. He's going up against Tennessee, who is a middle-of-the-pack rush defense. But, like, for some reason, I don't know why Glennon just likes Colin Johnson. Uh Two straight weeks where he's had six or more targets. He's heavily involved. He's super cheap at 3.6K. Tennessee doesn't really have a great pass rush, and they don't have a great – uh, pass defense I really like Colin Johnson here like I, I think it's time that we just recognize that he's Glenn's favorite target and that he is fairly talented I don't mind with going with Shark. I don't mind going with Chenault I don't mind going with Keelan Cole but Colin Johnson is probably my favorite guy in this spot here you can double stack this if you want I honestly don't hate Mike Glennon He can put up a decent amount of points but, like, it, it's mostly Colin Johnson here for me in the passing game and expecting them to be co- behind later on in the game. He's probably the better guy to go with than most of the other guys.
2: Yeah, Colin Johnson's cheap, man. Um, Chenault caught a lucky touchdown this past week, too. Um, you know, bounced off the DJ Chark's hands and right into the arms of Chenault. So, um, yeah, I think Jacksonville's super interesting because Tennessee's defense is just so bad. So, this is an, a really interesting like runback spot. Um and, and like Derrick Henry is going to be so popular and we see it every single week when we do the review show on Mondays that these chalk players don't have a, enough runback like ownership next to them. So, like if you run it back with Robinson, if you run it back with Chark, if you run it back with Colin Johnson, you run it back with Shanault. However you want to run it back, Run back Derrick Henry playing him by himself is not giving you any leverage on the field. Um, and it's just a chalky play. So, Cowboys and Bengals 43 and a half total here. Dallas favored by three and a half in this one. Uh, anything that you like here from the Cowboys?
3: I, I mean, I Dallas is just such an interesting team that I end up playing every single week. We look at Michael Gallup's salary 3.8k is just probably not high enough the guy literally just had 11 targets last week he's had he had eight the week before five seven twelve like he's getting targets consistently Cincinnati doesn't have a good pass defense I I don't understand why they keep his salary so low I mean Cooper is getting a salary upgrade he I'm probably going to stay away from him even though he's had a few decent outings in a row with Andy Dalton it's in Cincinnati which I think like his home road splits are pretty drastic between dome and not dome. So like it's CD lamb and it's Michael Gallup for me. I think both of them have some huge upside considering their price tag. CD lamb has been a consistent spot in this offense pretty much all season long. He's really talented, Again, good matchup, 4.8K, probably too low. You can go Schultz, you can go Zeke, but I'm I'm just probably done playing Zeke. It's interesting seeing him at a 6.6K He's price so cheap. Up. He's so cheap, and it's such oh. a good spot, and he still gets a pretty decent workload, but I'm just not a huge fan. Like, it, it Pollard's, like, we always played Zeke because he was getting a ton of usage, but now Pollard's kind of sneaking in there, getting 5 to 10 sometimes close to 15 target or touches a game. I I just don't want to use Zeke, even in this plus matchup. They're only a three and a half point favorite. So it's not guaranteed that they'll be leading at any point in this game, actually. So I I, I like CD lamb. I like Gallup. I really like Gallup though.
2: Yeah, I do. Like, I like Gallup and CD lambs like ceiling more than Cooper. I think Cooper is probably still the safer option of the three. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get suckered into playing Zeke here. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I can't remember the last time the Cowboys were a favorite. Well, well, I'd like I'd have to look it up, but what, week two, week three? Like I think there I, was three
3: weeks ago that they were a favorite because they were playing a trash team. Let me see. I think they were a favorite versus Washington, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, but even Washington's run defense is good. So like I, I feel yeah. like this is the first time I've wanted to play Zeke in in probably over a month. Um
3: well, he that's he's hasn't had a rushing touchdown in over a month. <laughs>
2: well, I've been on the right side. Like I didn't even yep. play him on the, the smaller slate the other day. Like but this I think this is the spot to play him. He's cheap, his price is down. They're favorites on the road against Cincinnati. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. But I think that ceiling wise, I still think CD and Gallup are your ceiling plays. Cooper, Floor, and maybe Zeke finally gets there this week. Um the Cincinnati side of things. If you are playing some of these options, um, listen, we don't, we know Mixon's not going to play this week. Is this a week we played Gio? We haven't yes. played him in forever. Like the Dallas Cowboys run defense is they're bad. I, I don't even want to get into like how bad they are, but they're second worst in DVOA, And they allow them the most fantasy points over the last four weeks. Um, dealing with a ton of injuries. We just watched them get shredded. Now they're on a short week going into Cincinnati. Uh, I think this is a spot we played Giovanni Bernard.
3: Yeah, I don't like the fact that I have to play him, but I kind of have to play him here. Dallas's run D is just so terrible. Like we look at his matchups in the last four weeks, like where we haven't been playing him. It's been Pittsburgh, it's been Washington. Giants have an underrated defense, and then Miami last week was just kind of a weird game script. I know they hasn't looked great, but versus Tennessee versus Cleveland, a little bit different spots. He crushed. And so he can get there in the passing game still. He's 5K. I really like Geo here. If you want to go with anyone else, like there's always a chance that they're trailing in this game. T. Higgins, Boyd are both fine plays. They don't stand out as good plays, but they're all right plays. You can play sample. But for me, it's it's Geo. And it's just because this Dallas defense, rush defense, is just so bad. And they have just been shredded. I expect Cincinnati to just run the ball quite a bit so geo is the obvious play here
2: yeah um listen i think geo is not only is he safe i think he has a really high floor here um or ceiling um i don't mind tyler boyd i, I do think like boyd was crushing before he got ejected last week um i, I do think he's like the main option with brandon allen at quarterback. Um, moving on here, we got the Broncos and the Panthers 46 and a half total here. Carolina favored by three and a half. Um, what's standing out to you here for the Denver Broncos?
3: Vance fine. <laughs> uh, Tim Patrick is cheap and seems to be getting a pretty big workload. That's it. Like Patrick has touchdown upside. He's got five on the season for his price tag. That's, that's pretty good. And he'll get enough targets, but. Like I just don't want to play these Broncos at all. <laughs> like it, it, it's just they consistently grade out as alright plays, but not good. Like Judy could go off for a big game, but realistically, like this is a plus matchup, and the Broncos are just a bad team. So it's strictly cheap pass catchers make you want to kind of play them, but not not really.
2: Yeah, like Tim Patrick and like KJ Hamler's stone minimum. He's 3K. Um, like <laughs> in a game, they should trail a little bit. I, I think like Patrick and Hamler are not the worst options here. Uh, even like Fant and Judy, I don't hate the passing options in this game. Um on the Carolina side of things, with DJ Moore um on the COVID list, I, I think this is a spot that Robbie Anderson probably crushes. We'll have to see. It sounds like Christian McCaffrey might be back for this game. Um, Curtis Samuel is also on the COVID list, right? But I don't know if he's yeah. tested positive, right? He was just close contact.
3: I'm not. Uh, it's uh, Pretty
2: outrageous. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was like close contact. So like there's still like a road for him to play this weekend. So we'll have to see. But um, like we're. we're I, I read right before we started that like Christian McCaffrey is dealing with like a thigh injury now too. Like at what point do you just shut them down for the season? Like, are they, are they still in it? Like, I don't think so. Right.
3: No, no, it's a, I, I mean, I'll double check right here. Yeah. The four and eight they're out. Yeah. like They're, they're in the like, NFC East. They'd be in,
2: but yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like you just you just, you shut them down. You, you, like your season's over. Like, um, I guess we'll have to see on that. Uh, what do you like here for Carolina?
3: I mean, it's pretty much just Robbie Anderson. Um, If McCaffrey plays, then you can always make the argument for him. But I'm not really – like, Mike Davis hasn't really produced that much. He was crushing earlier on, and then since starting off with, what, three straight games over 20 points, he hasn't had more than 16 since. He's priced at 6.4K. There's a lot of other guys in that same price range. He's getting a decent workload, but nothing too much. I mean, it probably helps a bit if Samuel doesn't end up playing. Um He could get more pass game work, and Samuel, they obviously bring in the backfield. But to me, this is probably just a spot where Robbie Anderson should crush just because he's the main pass catcher. A.J. Buett is out, so it's probably a downgrade for the Denver defense. So it's Robbie Anderson. That's it, and Robbie Anderson's a play every week. But this week is a better spot because he should get a decent uh, target increase here just because of lack of options.
2: Yeah, Robbie Anderson. If Curtis Samuel does end up playing and like he gets off the list and stuff, um, I think he's super interesting too. If Curtis Samuel is out and DJ Moore is out, maybe just maybe Ian Thomas uh, becomes fantasy relevant a little bit. But like looking at it, like these guys, Zoltra and like um, Cooper, I don't think they've run routes in forever. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how like the Carolina offense pans out, but. Robbie Anderson, a lot of upside. I actually think that if all these guys, like if if Samuel and Moore and McCaffrey don't play, I think you could take shots on Mike Davis at 6,400 on DK, um, pass catching site. So he could see a bump in you know catches with Samuel out and maybe some extra plays. So I don't hate playing Mike Davis if these guys get ruled out. Uh, Moving on, we got the Chiefs and the Dolphins, 49-and-a-half total here. Kansas City favored by seven. Um, listen, this is a really interesting matchup, um, not just because I'm a Dolphins fan, but like the Miami defense has been playing really solid, but their run defense is still kind of bad. Um, it, what do we do in this spot? Like, I, I, I'm struggling with this spot. This is one of those games that I'm really struggling with.
3: You play Hill, you play Mahomes. Like I, I I know that the Miami defense has been good, but that doesn't matter. Like you play Mahomes, you play Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has had ten plus targets in four straight. He's been putting up ridiculous numbers. If if they would have counted that catch last week, which I'm still angry about, but I guess I had the first touchdown. But I remember that pretty much every single place that had that promo prom on there it gave us free money. So thanks, thanks DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, but yeah, Tyreek Hill. And Mahomes are just fantastic. Players. Obviously, Kelsey's always in play, but I don't care how good this Miami defense has been. It's still Mahomes. It's still Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is just getting just tons of targets. It was a weird game last week going up against Denver. Probably shouldn't have been this close. People might be off of it a little bit because of what happened last week. But if we take out last week, Tyreek Hill has three straight game, four straight games of over 25 points. Like He's getting touchdowns every single week. He should have had one last week. He has had it in five out of his last six games outside last week with three multiple touchdown games. Tyreek Hill is an absolutely fantastic play here. If you're betting on it, then probably take the over on Tyreek Hill receptions because last week was a little, little bit of an aberration and weird game. I love Mahomes. I love Tyreek Hill. If you want to play Kelsey, go ahead and play Kelsey. He's going to get a ton of targets too. I'm full on targeting this Kansas City pass defense where I think that people are going to assume that they're just going to run the ball more. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's a Chiefs onslaught here. I love Mahomes. I'm going to have a ton of him and his pass catchers.
2: Yeah, I think the only guy that I think I'd stay away from is Watkins in this spot. Like he's going to see a lot of Howard on that side of the field. So um I lo- I like Hill. I like Kelsey. I like those calls. Um yeah, as far as, like, the running game goes, unless, like, one of these guys gets ruled out or something like that, like, I don't see myself using them. I do like the Mahomes call. Um, If you like Kansas City this much, like, when we're looking at Miami, one thing that Kansas City has really struggled with this year has been the run and tight ends. Um, and that sets it up for interesting runbacks. Um, you know, Ahmed mispractice practice on Wednesday. There's a good chance that he doesn't play again. Miles Gaskin came back, 21 carries, 70 percent of the snaps. First week back, he is going to be a workhorse. Um, I don't want to like look at last week and like, oh, Gasecki had 11 targets, but I also want to look at last week and be like, oh, Gasecki had 11 targets.
3: <laughs> yeah, Gasecki has, like, Gaseki's a talented guy. He had 11 targets last week, four straight games of five or more targets. Like, he's tight ends thin every single week. Gusecki is a fantastic play going up against the Chiefs, who last four weeks have allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They're probably going to have to throw the ball. They're probably going to be behind most of the games. But for me, like, I love Gaskin. Like, Gaskin at 5.6K is just silly. The last four games he's played, he's had over 20 touches each of the games. Like this guy's a workhorse. They always, whoever's starting for them just seems to be a workhorse every single week. With Gaskins back in here, he's talented. It's a good matchup. He's involved in the receiving game. So he's kind of game script proof. I love Gaskins here. I love Gaseki. If you want to play Parker, go ahead. But if you want to play Tua, go ahead. But to me, it's just it, Gaskin and Gasecki. They're fantastic bring backs in any spot here. So they, those are the two guys that I want to go with.
2: I don't know if I'd play two of today this week. Like 5.4k is cheap. I, I get that. Like uh Jets and Seahawks 47 total. Uh Seattle favored by 13 and a half in this game. Potential some weather in this one. Uh, what's standing out to you for the Jets?
3: Nothing. Seahawks defense has been improved. I get that the Giants actually did something against them last week, but their defense is a lot better. If you want to go with Crowder, Mims, if he ends up playing, or Perryman, I'm never going to argue with that at their price tag. Crowder can obviously have a big game, but this defense is a lot better, and they did have a tough or they did have a tough game last week. But they're not going to be passing the ball nearly as much as they have been. Like this, like this total seems too high at 47 and a half. Like I, I don't fully understand this. If you're going to bet a game, I really like the under here. I really like the Jets plus the points. I think the Seahawks end up running ball. I think the game script gets slowed down a little bit because with Hyde and Carson both healthy, that's what Pete Carroll has for some reason wanted to do recently. So I, I'm, I'm kind of off the Jets entirely. I'm kind of off this game, I think, because I think there's going to be a lot of ownership in Russ, a lot of ownership in Metcalf, a lot of ownership in Lockett. I, I, I don't think this is a good spot here but I'm I'm not playing Jets
2: yeah there's a lot of spots on the slate that that you can like um I don't hate you know Perryman burned a lot of people last week I don't hate potentially taking some shots on him I don't hate taking Crowder a little bit um but I, I'm with you in this one this one doesn't seem like the best game you know you look at the Seahawks side of things and I don't know what to think here, Grant. Like, the Jets' defense is – they're awful. They, they're they the worst team in the league against the pass. So, like, this is an amazing Wilson and Lockett and Metcalf spot. It's just – is Carroll going to unleash the beast?
3: I don't think so. Um, I mean, we've seen since Hyde and Carson have both been in the lineup – it, it just hasn't been the same. They're both getting a decent workload. Last week was a little different because they had to throw the ball later on the game, but they still ran the ball what, 20 times. I, I honestly don't think they're going to be slinging the ball that much. I'm never going to talk someone out of playing Wilson, Metcalf, or Lockett. There's huge upside there every week, but they have a 30 implied, or 30.25 implied team total. Fairly certain that's the highest on the slate at this moment. It'll probably stay the highest. I don't think it ends up hitting I think that they're going to slow down the pace. It's it's just like over the last four weeks, Russell Wilson has averaged 15 points. Like this is not a spot where I want to go in at high ownership on Wilson, on Metcalf, on Lockett when they're so expensive. They could end up running the ball. I know the Jets have a decent rush defense, but they could end up running the ball a decent amount here. I don't see huge upside. Pete Carroll, for some reason, all the good he did earlier on this season with letting Russ just throw is now going to go down the tube in any game where they're ahead. I don't see it happening. I Again, play him if you want, but I think this is a fantastic fade spot for this entire game where people are going to be targeting guys.
2: Yeah, definitely the weather is going to determine where I end up on this game at the end of the day, but I, I really don't hate taking the passing game if the weather's okay, and just hoping that Carroll sees that this is an opportunity to let Wilson go out and throw for 400 yards. We'll, we'll see. But it is Pete Carroll, and nobody knows what he's going to do, and that's the other problem, right? Yeah, um, love the guy and hate the guy. Man, there's so many four o'clock games this week; it's crazy. Uh, like I, I, I forgot that we like you were already onto the four o'clock games, but. Uh, Colton Raiders 51 and a half total here Colts favored by two and a half River missed practice um, on Wednesday, but this is what he's done the last couple weeks. I fully expect him to play here. Um, Grant. I love Jonathan Taylor last week and I just didn't end up with enough of him and he crushed. Um, what do you like here for the Colts?
3: I mean, I hate trying to figure out the Colts. But it seems like Taylor back, he's going to get the majority of the workload. It could end up being something entirely different. Like it is every single week. We don't know who's going to really be there. This is just a tough spot. I mean, the Raiders' rush defense is so bad that you you just kind of have to like Taylor. Hilton has been, for some reason, just targeted a ton recently. I don't mind him for tournaments at 5.1K. It could be back normal. He's playing in a dome. So that's, that's always a huge plus for him. But over 18 points in the last two weeks. It's Jonathan Taylor. It's Hilton. Never mind uh, Burton, just because he always has some upside. He's cheap, and tight ends always trash. So it, it, it's mostly Hilton, though, and Taylor for me. I, I just – I can't get excited about playing any Colts ever.
2: Man, I don't usually get excited about playing Colts, but I think this is a great spot. I think this is a great spot for Taylor – I think this is a great spot for Hilton. I don't mind taking some shots on Pittman or, or Burton, but I, I think this is a spot we look at the Colts. Um the Raiders are a very beatable defense, and this game I think this game's going to be high scoring. So um on the Raiders side of things, um, obviously we'll have to wait on news on Josh Jacobs, but there's a good chance that he misses this game and like Booker's back out there. Um I, I know that John Gruden on Monday said that there's a good chance that Jacobs doesn't play. So we're approaching this week assuming that Jacobs doesn't play. Um, Booker was chalk last week. He kind of you know split carries with Richard, Um, not split carries, but snaps. Um, Nelson Aguilar a massive amount of targets, but like the guy, like let, let's just not even like get into it. Like the guy is Waller.
3: Yeah, now yeah, Waller in play every single week had an absolute massive game last week. Waller is just a beast. He's 6.8K. I think I preferred Kelsey a little bit because I expect a lot more people to be on Waller after it was performed. Since last week on the season here, the Colts have given up the second least points to opposing tight ends. I, I Waller's fine. I prefer Kelsey. I think I will go back to Booker here after his disappointment last week. I mean, it's a fairly similar spot. Like Defensively, Colts are about the same as the uh, Jets in terms of rush defense. And they're just much better pass defense. So, Booker still ended up with 17 touches last week. He's 5.3K. He's got a price decrease. I'd say Booker, if Jacobson's missing, is probably my favorite play from this game. And... If you want to go Waller, go ahead. But I think Kelsey's the much better play this week. And he's only 400 more expensive. I mean, Waller got an $800 price increase this week. And he's still going to be chalk because of what he did last week. He's had a lot of disappointment so far this year. When you're paying 7 k from a tight end, you can't have a single-digit uh, outing and still really be in it. He's had three single-digit outings in the last six weeks. I think Kelsey's just the better play. Especially with Waller possibly being chalk. So this game mostly just Booker for me.
2: Yeah, I do think Aguilar is an excellent tournament pivot. Um, just to be different, I do think that he'll have a pretty decent matchup, um, a lot lower ownership, and like the Colts have been fantastic against tight ends all season. So if you are on that maybe Kelsey train and like Aguilar is so cheap too, he's like forty seven hundred. So um, you could just, you could get leverage on the field with Nelson Aguilar here, um, to Waller. And I don't mind going back to the well and Devonte Booker didn't like Booker as much as a lot of people last week, but I do think this is a much better matchup for him. Uh, Packers and lions, 55 total green Bay favored by seven and a half, uh, green Bay in the highest implied team total on the slates. Um, in a dome against Detroit, this game should be a shootout type of game. Devonte Adams is going to have a lot of ownership this week. I, I've already seen a lot of people talking about like, just how much of a great spot this is for him. And how do you argue it, Grant? Like, this is a this is a phenomenal spot for Devontae Adams.
3: The only argument you could possibly have is ownership. And Price, I don't ownership. care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't care. Like, Detroit, one of the worst pass defense in the league. Devontae Adams, and by far the best wide receiver in the league this year. I don't care how expensive he is. I don't care his ownership. Like He's had what one game under 20 points in the last seven weeks. He's best floor play, the best ceiling play on the entire slate in terms of wide receiver. Just play him. I don't really want anyone else. I'm fine with using Rogers. Aaron Jones is always fine. If he's going to come in at no ownership, then that makes a good leverage play off of Adams, but Other than that, like outside of last week, he really hasn't been great for weeks when you consider his price tag. So it's Devontae Adams for me. But if Aaron Jones is going to come in at really low ownership, I don't mind him as a leverage play off of it.
2: Yeah, I love Jones as a leverage play this week. I really hope that he's overlooked. Detroit allows the most fantasy points to running backs this season. They're 32nd in overall DVOA. Um, This defense has been really bad. This game's in a dome. This is just a great spot for the Packers. I don't hate like Tanyan or like Lazard in tournaments too. Just, you know, to if you're getting off of or adding a third piece to a Rogers Joe or Rogers Adams stack. So listen, I, I it, don't like, don't go overweight on Adams without getting some Rogers stacks as well in there. Like th- this is a, this is a phenomenal spot to play the Packers um, for sure. Let's talk lions here. Stafford's doing it, like, he's doing it with, like, random pieces out there. Um, Hawkinson, nine targets last week. Marvin Jones, 12 targets. Adrian Peterson, double touchdowns. Um, Galladay and Swift still very questionable for this week. Uh, what are we looking at here on Detroit?
3: Uh, if Swift plays, I like Swift. Otherwise, I'm staying away from the rushing game. Like, I just I, – I, I don't I – don't... I know Peterson can end up with two touchdowns, but I've just kind of done using any of the Lions running backs that aren't Swift. I assume without Patricia there, they'll end up giving Swift a decent, decent workload. If he does end up playing, I mean, it was concussion pro golf. So if he does end up playing, then I shouldn't expect any limitations, but I do really like Marvin Jones here. 12 targets, the last two weeks, I assume they're going to pass the ball to him a decent amount with uh, if Day ends up missing and with Patricia no longer being there, I think Marvin Jones is a fantastic play. I don't mind Hawkinson again, tight end always trash, but he's been fantastic all season long. He gets a touchdown. He ends up crushing, but he's had over 10 points without a touchdown in each of the last three weeks. So Marvin Jones is by far my favorite play. If Swift ends up playing, I really want to play him. I don't really care. Like, with Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson there, I think Swift ends up taking over this backfield entirely without Patricia there, as he should, because he's the far more talented running back. I don't care if it's price tag 6.5K. The Green Bay defense has been one of the worst versus running backs all season long in terms of getting up fancy points. And he's heavily involved in the passing game. If Galdane's missing, I can expect five, six targets to him. So it's Swift. It's Marvin Jones with me. And if you really want to, Hawkinson is not a horrible idea.
2: Yeah, uh definitely don't mind Hawkinson as well. But yeah, if if Gallaud is out, I'd definitely like the spot for Marvin Jones. Uh Falcons and Chargers, 49 total. Atlanta favored by two and a half in this one. Uh what do you like here for Atlanta?
3: Uh I mean Julio Jones is six point six K. I mean the Chargers <laughs> it's, just,
2: it's laughable, right? Like that price is just crazy. I mean, when you get a guy that doesn't
3: get touchdowns, that seems like a normal price tag,
2: but <laughs> yeah, but it's Julio Jones. Jones every single
3: year, we'll have that one game where he destroys us. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just silly to me. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a great start of the season, but Julio Jones was decent last week. Yeah, Julio Jones is pretty much who I want to play here. The Chargers defense has been bad, but I'm not going to argue with playing Ridley. But I'd i just rather play Jones at six point six games
2: yeah like it's jones or ridley it's not the running game like it's a three-headed monster at this point so jones or ridley russell gage maybe if you want to go that way but i think like i'm definitely going to have some charger stacks so i definitely will be running it back with jones and ridley it's just julio should never be 900 dollars cheaper than calvin ridley in my opinion so Uh, Atlanta allows the most fantasy points per game this season to quarterbacks and the second most to wide receivers. They've been playing a little bit better here um, since the firing of the coaches and all that stuff. But this is a great spot for Justin Herbert to have a bounce back game.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, he was going up against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has been fantastic versus rookie quarterbacks, So I'm kind of writing that game off in terms of what Herbert ended up doing. Outside of that, he's been fantastic all season long. The Atlanta defense is drastically improved since their coaches got fired. But Herbert still, last three games, averaging over 50 pass attempts per game. Like the Falcons' rush D and uh, fantasy points given up to opposing running backs has been fantastic. Pretty much all season long, but especially in recent weeks. So this is a perfect spot for Herbert, and I love Keenan Allen here. Like, Keenan Allen is one of my favorite wide receivers on the slate, with Adams getting so much ownership, with Hill getting so much ownership. Keenan Allen is cheaper. He's still gotten over 10 targets in six of his last seven weeks. He just hasn't really been converting too much in the last two weeks. But this guy has 30-point upside. Like, we've seen it before. He can get 16-plus catches in a game. Like, Keenan Allen, I like him better than Adams, I think. I like him better than Tyreek Hill. Keenan Allen is going to be one of my highest-owned wide receivers on the entire slate. This is just a perfect spot. Even the last four weeks where the Falcons have been way better, they're still giving up above-average fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And he's just going to get absolutely peppered with targets in a game where they're a two point, two and a half point dog. And if there's one thing we know about the chargers pretty much every single week, they're going to keep it within a touchdown. So the game will be close. And I think Allen has an absolute monster game here.
2: Love it, man. I'm right there with you. Um, I also think Mike Williams is really cheap. So if you want to like do a, a Herbert plus two, uh, I think that this is one of those games that has the, the upside for that, plus two to get there um, with Williams and Allen and Herbert running back with Julio Ridley. Um, a lot of upside in this one. So like this one a lot. Um, we got the football team against the 49ers 43 and a half total here. San Francisco favored by three. What do you like here for the football team?
3: Not, not a whole lot. I mean, glor- it, it, I guess more depends on if Gibson ends up playing. He was held out of practice this week. Or today, if Gibson ends up missing, then we're playing McKissick, right?
2: Like, no, I don't think so, dude. Like, I, I all heartily wanted to play McKissick, but like, I don't know. Peyton Barber got so many like carries. Like, McKissick on DraftKings, yes, yeah. all the passing work, all the passing work. Um, I guess on Fandle, too, he's cheap enough. Like, I guess I take that back. He's cheap enough where, yes, if he misses, we play him. He's 5.3 on FanDuel. Like, even in half PPR, he can get there with that price tag.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but outside of him, I mean, McLaurin's in play every week. This is a better match than it was last week. Logan Thomas had a big workload this last week. I don't like playing Logan Thomas, but... It's just his price tag. 3.3 K is definitely too low in this spot here, but I mean, there's not a ton to love here. They don't have a huge total. It's just strictly based off of Alex Smith, like low a dot targets. I I just, it's Logan Thomas, it's McLaurin and it's McKissick if he's out, but honestly not a huge fan of any of these guys.
2: It is. um, It's very interesting. That's for sure. When, especially when you're looking at the Washington side of things like, Thomas McLaurin McKisnick that's really it and then on the 49ers side of things like Washington defense has been very good this season um I don't maybe like I don't mind like Mozart but like I think the upside is with like Ayuk and like Samuel
3: yeah Ayuk's been fantastic he's percent there 5.4k I don't know if that's a high enough price tag we look at the last three games played nine targets 14 targets 11 targets like I probably my favorite play over on the 49ers. I'm only real. I'm staying away from the running back situation. They have too many guys healthy. Yes. Mozart could end up with a big game at any given time. He can break up. Off an 80 yard touchdown, but that's a lot of his production earlier on the season was breaking off those massive runs. So it's IUK for me and it's Jordan Reed just because tight ends so terrible. And Jordan Reed always has multi-touchdown upside.
2: Yeah. Um, he does it's just i don't i mean it's like an injury waiting to happen i i feel bad for jordan reed uh we finish it off here grant with the saints and the eagles Taysom hill against jalen hurts um i'm sure when this week 14 matchup was was prepared i'm sure everybody expected those two guys to be playing quarterback uh 44 and a half total here new orleans favored by seven and a half uh what do you like here for the saints
3: i mean i like michael thomas he still get, has a 30% plus target share. Yes, Taysom Hill doesn't throw the ball that much, but there was a lot of situations where Drew Brees didn't throw the ball a whole lot. So I like Taysom Hill just because it was rushing touchdown upside. He's still another 24 points without a rushing touchdown the last game. He's gotten over 40 rushing yards in five straight games, and I don't think he was starting for two of those. So he gives you a nice little floor, um, but – his price tag isn't terrible at six point six k when you consider the rushing upside. It's really just those two. I'm not playing Kamara. I know they had a decent week last week, but I'm, I'm just kind of done with this rushing game. I don't fully uh, trust it. So it, it, it's Michael Thomas and it's Taysom Hill. If you want to stack them, that's also great. But it's those two. I expect that Thomas has more touchdown equity than people realize right now, just because he hasn't gotten on Taysom Hill under center. And that's bound to change.
2: I think Guevara is averaging like two targets with Taysom Hill at quarterback. And I think it was like 6.8 or something like that. It might might be even low with um, breeze at quarterback. So so it's just a a different approach um, to the game here. So I'm with you. I think really the only two guys that I want to play here at Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas. Um, And then on the Philly side of things, like, I like the Saints defense. Um, Like, the the offensive line is terrible. It doesn't matter who is starting at quarterbacks, whether it's Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. They're going to be under pressure, and the Saints are a team that is going to put them under pressure. It's really hard Hard. to like anybody um, in this one for the Eagles.
3: I mean, I'm fine with Hurts. He's probably going to draw a decent amount of ownership. I expect 5.1K, a guy has rushing upside at the very least. He'd be the one guy that I'd think about, and I'd I'd probably just end up going with him naked just because I'm going with him for the price tag and the rushing upside. If you want to pair him with Goddard, I don't hate that. Like Rookie rookie quarterbacks tend to rely on their tight end a little bit more. Goddard's had over 10 DK points in each of the last three games. He's 4K, tight ends trash. I need to save money to pay up for premium wide receivers. So it's got her and it hurts for me. But yeah, I'd probably rather go with the Saints D.
2: Yeah, just, I don't know. Like, does he have a connection with one of these other, like, wide receivers? Um, I think, like, that's a possibility. You know, but don't, I don't...
3: don't go guessing on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, like, the Saints defense probably the second or third best defense this season, just in general. So um, I, I think this is a, this is a bet the under, take the saints and don't play anybody from the Eagles and DFS. So um, let's play the morning grind game and then uh, we'll get out of here for week 14. Grant, um, give me a quarterback. That's going to throw for 300 yards this week. Take the cheat code with Patrick Mahomes, but I think we have
3: price in that. Um, I'm gonna go with shoot. This is a tough one. Oh gosh, I, I honestly don't know who to go with. Um, you go first, I'll let you.
2: Stafford, am I allowed to go?
3: I'll go, Matt Ryan.
2: That's fine. Um, low owned running back for a touchdown. Tough yeah. to do on Wednesday afternoon with no ownership. But
3: yeah, uh, I'm trying to figure out Gallman.
2: Oh, uh, I think he'll be low owned. Yeah, I said David Montgomery last week on this show. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't low owned. <laughs>
3: no, he was not.
2: Um, I'll go Jonathan Taylor. He no, he's not going to get any ownership. We'll see. He'll be chalked this week too. Um quarterback wide receiver uh combo for a touchdown. I'm gonna go Keenan Allen Herbert. Oh, you took my combo. I knew you were going to take it too as much as if you, you like one, Allen. I can take Michael
3: Thomas and Taysom.
2: No, that's fine. I, I just I knew you were going to take that when you were talking about how much you liked um that combo. Um Rogers Adams is a is the cheat code. Um give me give me Derek Carr and Nelson Agholor. Uh wide receiver with eight targets, Grant. Who do you got? Eight plus targets.
3: Um th- 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 Thielen.
2: I like it. Uh wide receiver like 15. Give me Julio Jones. <laughs> I just can't get over it, man. Oh. Give me a give me a tight end that's scoring a touchdown this week.
3: I'm gonna go with Goddard.
2: All right. Give me Noah Fant. And then give me a defense, not the Saints, that is gonna score 10 plus points this week. I'm gonna go
3: seahawks only oh
2: great you great. took them uh, it's just it. a
3: silly price tag right there
2: like that, i know especially like against the jets with some weather um as 13 point favorites yeah are you
3: like is I'm, there any way they don't score at least eight
2: no i i like that one a lot man i'm a, I'm, I'm honestly half tempted to take the dolphins i i because, like, they score so many defensive touchdowns. Um, I'll take the football team. Give me the Washington football team. I think that's an interesting one. So, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Keenan Allen goes
3: for 30-plus points.
2: There you go. That's going to wrap it up here for week 14. We'll be back tomorrow talking with the specialists, guys. Um, probably some college football, probably some eSports. And all that fun stuff. He is Genie for 07. I'm Stevie TPFL. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.
0: See you, kids.